0: of faith formation here at st paul's cathedral in san diego
1: and i'm maya little sonia and i'm a youth minister
2: i'm the wait what do I, <laughs> I forgot what to say
1: did i say i'm a youth minister do i
2: say my oh, name
1: first <laughs> <laughs> i i'm i'm jacqueline lynn pippin
2: oh, formerly okay, known as sure. bray
1: Cut. <laughs> 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 it's raining outside now I don't like that. Maya! <laughs> oh, are you going to go? Yeah! Ah. Uh, go on.
2: I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the digital resource curator.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. You're a one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego.
1: And
2: I'm Maya Little Sonia,
1: and I'm a youth
0: minister.
2: I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the Digital Resource
0: Curator. And we're back with this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast for the week of March 24th, where we take time every week to work our way through the gospel from this past Sunday, and then each take some time to highlight a point from that gospel that we hope you take into your personal faith reflections or your faith discussions with your friends and family. But before we get into the gospel for this week, which is the third week of Lent, we have a question from a listener, and it's a very important question
1: i I would say it's one of the life's most meaningful and most profound of questions, yeah,
0: yeah. and you know we have we are based in San Diego, but there are listeners from across the country twenty six different cities
1: We're across m- the globe, four
0: different countries
1: miss call call us Mr mm-hmm. and mrs worldwide that's right
0: um it'll be Mr. and Mrs and Mrs., actually
1: I know, but I was doing mrs. Plural like oh, mrs. mrs because mrs. yeah. You just couldn't see it. Silent apostrophe. Got
0: it. So, um, this this question comes from uh, a valued listener, uh, devoted listener in Fort Myers, Florida. His name's Kyle, and Hi, he Kyle. he had Hi, uh, Kyle.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> he had a question that has absolutely nothing particularly to do with faith or the Bible, but he wants to get that. our opinion on it. His question was. Uh, chunky Peanut Butter, Smooth Peanut Butter, or Marshmallow Fluff.
1: I'm Team Ooh. Cream all the way. <laughs> I've also never had Marshmallow Fluff, so I actually can't say for entirely. If entire
2: Marshmallow place. Fluff is in here, can't Nutella be in here?
1: Oh, well, that's a game I don't, changer. I don't want to
0: amend someone else's question. Right, we'd have to email. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. We'd have
2: to.
0: So, Jackie, what do you think?
2: I am Team Creamy all the way. Team yeah. creamy, yeah, creamy peanut butter. Now, David, are you going
1: to say creamy as well, or am I going to have to resign? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing:
0: I object to the premise of the question because, Hi. listen, there is a sandwich mm. called a fluffer nutter. <gasps> have you ever heard of this?
1: I have, and it sounds marvelous. Yeah. Wow.
0: So, it Sounds like
2: you're not choosing creamy. I grew I'm up
0: both. I grew up in the Northeast in New Jersey. And we would go <laughs> – and my grandparents grew up in Springfield, Massachusetts. And I don't know if it's like a, a New England, like northeast kind of thing, but I grew up eating fluffernutters, which is so bomb. like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, except instead of jelly, it's
1: marshmallow fluff.
0: So it's – What
1: kind of bread do you have that with? Like hollow like, <laughs> <all the> bread? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it could just be – it's just
0: regular – White sandwich bread. bread. It no, could be but white that's... bread. It could be wheat. It could be whatever Why you need you a peanut have that butter jelly wheat, sandwich. What
1: with. about r- marbled rye? That sounds awful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> banana bread. It was always banana bread. Oh,
2: that sounds so no, bomb. I'm just
0: kidding. Oh, whatever. that sounds less bomb. Um, anyway, we would have nutters So it would be one side peanut butter and one side marshmallow fluff. And you put them together. And it is delicious.
1: I want one on my desk Monday. Thank you. <laughs>
0: and I think if I was going to pick smooth or chunky to go with it, I would pick smooth. Thank you. So, if you want to share your stories of crunchy or smooth peanut butter or marshmallow fluff, your preference, or if you would like to share your stories of eating fluffernutters or your stories of faith reflection and (laughs) and discussion this week or any questions you have based on that, that discussion, please send those to us. Either... Uh, connect with us uh, through our Instagram at faith2go or through the website www.myfaith2go.org or you can email us directly faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org and we would love to hear anything you have to say really at all. Right. So uh, we're going to get into the gospel discussion now. Uh, like every week, our uh, faith to go resources that you can find on our website are based on the gospel for this Sunday. Sunday, week three of Lent uh, in year C, and this Sunday's gospel is Luke 13, 1 through 9. So Jackie is going to read it, and then we're each going to take a moment to highlight one point from the gospel that we hope you take into your personal reflections and faith discussions this week.
2: At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those eighteen who were killed when the Tower of Solomon fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it be alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down.
0: So this uh, this week's reading is actually uh, from earlier in the gospel than last week's reading. So we are not moving in a linear pattern through the gospel of Luke this Lent. We are kind of jumping around. So last week was the end of chapter 13. This is the beginning of chapter 13. So we're going backwards. Um, and we have a couple of stories in Jesus is making reference to a couple of things in here that aren't, wouldn't be readily apparent to us what he's talking about. One is this mingling of blood with the sacrifices that they're saying Pilate did. And then the other one is uh, a tower collapsing uh, and killing 18 people. Now, neither of these events is particularly. Uh, attested to outside of this particular biblical source. So it's not like there's other history books around that we can see these events happening in, but um, the events themselves, the the particularities of the events may be important and unique, but we don't really have any access to them outside of what is here on the page. So um, essentially it's more just about the events themselves and Jesus's response to people asking questions about them. So this first one, is about Pilate and the thing to know about Pilate is that uh, this is the same Pontius Pilate that Jesus is going to meet soon
1: the very same in
0: Jerusalem and Pilate was like an agent of the Roman Empire appointed to this particular place in Galilee and his whole purpose was to make it so that uh, to kind of like squash rebellion and keep things peaceful at all costs and he was kind of a ruthless guy. So the idea that he would do something totally sacrilegious and brutal is not outside of the ordinary. So so this idea that Pilate killed people and mingled their blood with the sacrifices, like the Jewish sacrifices, was, was probably totally in line with the ways that, that he would have kept people in line at that time. So it's brutal, but it's also kind of his M.O. So, just something to know about Pilate.
2: Because usually
0: the only thing we hear about Pilate is this conversation he has with Jesus, and he's like washing his his hands hands of Jesus' blood, and he's like, What is truth? This kind of like philosophical pilot
1: right. conversing
0: with jesus he was actually like a really brutal guy
1: he sounds really nice from all the other, right. not nice but like less horrible than the pharisees and sadducees but then we're like wait nah, that's not that's not he, true he
0: comes off as like really trying to not have to kill jesus and like right. merciful but that's not Pilate.
1: that's not his <laughs> this, is Pilate.
0: this is Pilate. pilot this is the you want Pilate? this is the real pilot um and then this other thing um siloam uh the tower of siloam could it could have been, like, a, a part of the, the wall that surrounded Jerusalem as protection. It, you know, it's it's unclear exactly what it was. But uh, definitely killed 18 people. So the point that – that's just some context, then, for where we are in the gospel and what Jesus is talking about. So I wanted to talk about this very first part of, you know, people's questions uh, for Jesus in the face of these events, because one of the events is really one of terror you know it's it 's like a person terrorizing a community in order to oppress them really and then the other one is this kind of like tragic event where all of these people died and uh and then the people are asking jesus essentially it 's kind of it 's kind of like victim blaming really. Uh, they're asking Jesus, were these people worse sinners than other Galileans that didn't die by the hands of Pilate? And do you think that the people that died at Siloam were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? So pretty much saying, like, is there? Can we blame these people for their own suffering? Can we? Can we blame the people that died uh, for was this punishment for their actions? You know, and it's it's a little bit of like trying to put put the suffering push the suffering away and like explain it away and and then also a lot of you know blaming and then it just the whole thing I'm not particularly saying that those those things have been true in the last few days but this the story in general and kind of the and Jesus's response to it really made me think of uh, the shootings at the mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand this past week and I think what Jesus's message is, reading it through that lens in light of that, is this idea that I, I think what he's saying is they're asking, "Is this what? What is the reason for this happening? Like, who can we blame for this thing happening? What is the cause of this suffering? Can we put it on somebody?" And what he says is, "No." But unless you repent, you will also perish, just as they did. He says that to both times they ask the question, and I, to me that is him saying you can't put this suffering on someone else and box it up and throw away the key. You know like yes it was the work of this terrible ter- uh, this terrorist that did this particular thing. And as which is also true of a whole lot of other shootings, you know like and and tragedies there's there's usually a person who is to blame for the actual particular event. But at the same time he's saying we are all implicated in one another's suffering you know like people don't exist in a vacuum and i may be on the other side of the globe but i am implicated in the events of Christchurch, new zealand just like i was implicated in the events in parkland just like i was implicated at sandy hook and it's because i am part of this culture and and the the underlying biases and prejudices and racism and Islamophobia and all of those other dynamics and white nationalism that formed that the person that, that, that went into the mosques and did the shooting are all also a product of our culture. Mm-hmm. And they're present everywhere. And I think it, to me it's, it's like Jesus is saying, you can't blame anybody. What are you going to do about it?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You can't blame another person and then move along as if your hands are clean. Any more than Pilate can at the end of the gospel say my hands are washed of this. like,
1: okay, sure, Pilate.
0: Because unless I am doing the work of actively going against those kind of like white supremacist, Islamophobic, fear-mongering currents of our culture then i am going with the current of the culture if i'm doing nothing i'm moving with the culture the
1: dominant force yeah. i have to
0: actually go backwards the other way if i'm doing nothing if i'm a person that says well i'm just kind of colorblind i don't worry about it all that stuff is over there i don't help or hurt i'm just standing there but guess what as part of as a person in the culture you're still moving towards white supremacism and islamophobia because that is the state of our culture Right. To be actually anti-racist, anti-Islamophobic, inclusive and hoping to be transformed by relationship with people who are different than us, that would be like walking backwards against the movement. Forced so you actually have to use up energy not only to just stay where you are but to go in the other direction. Right. You know. All I, what I see here is Jesus saying you can't keep that on the other side of the world. You can't keep that in someone else's school. You can't put that on one other person. And that's not to say that, that, uh, that the person that walked into those mosques is not to blame for their actions. They no, are responsible for what they did. Yeah. But it also can't just be that. I have to take, I have to take this moment to, uh, to, to reflect on my own biases and assumptions and see the ways that I am adding to the violence of the culture. Because unless I'm actively working in the other way, I am.
1: That kind of goes into my point because I'm also kind of talking about how we contribute um, or how we're very capable of contributing similar acts of violence. Um, Not necessarily similar, but acts of violence. Like, I, I think it ties into the wanting to separate in our minds those people over there and then also the perpetrator of that person over there and not wanting to acknowledge like you said, how we are implicated in what they've done and other people's suffering. So when I read this, I thought very much of uh, my bit is also in reference to those questions and answers those people have about, you know, practically it's like, did they deserve it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Or, I don't know, yeah, how, how were they to blame for their suffering? And even, I suppose, less drastic situations, I think we do that a lot with things like homelessness or folks that are like maybe addicted to drugs and on the street um we do that to also higher level crimes and we just separate ourselves and it's almost like i don't know like i've heard it so many times in discourse about homelessness in san diego it's just like well comma you know if only they don't want help they're on the streets like they it you know they're addicted to drugs so you shouldn't help them and You know, they should have like drug addiction is a choice because you choose to first do the drug. I've heard all these things come out of people's mouths (laughs) and it's it's hard because I think reflecting on my own life, there are so many situations that I've come to realize that I could have very easily if taken if I had taken one, two, three wrong turns, end up in a situation where I could be homeless i could be you know i could commit a crime i could mentally deteriorate to the point where i just do things that i wouldn't i'm not meant to do you know and and commit and so and that's in my own story and i just think it's really easy for us to detach ourselves and not realize in our lives how put our how could that be me Mm -hmm. um and i think it's it's harder for us to recognize i think white uh i think just racial privilege class privilege um are kind of like the big ones but i think those are the really the things that make it harder for us to imagine that we would ever be in a situation where we would be homeless on the streets or i don't know i just we always assign blame to people suffering it's like oh it's because they don't do this or they do this um they don't work hard enough they don't and we just refuse to accept we just i think we need to reflect on where in my life could i have taken a few wrong turns Or something could have happened to me. A tower could have fell on me.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it really relates to our desire or or our current state of being like apathetically or not apathetically, emotionally exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so we don't we don't want to see that likeness. You know, we don't want to see those ways in which we could have fallen into the same thing. And we don't want to see those ways in which those people are human we just want to make sure that we're different so that it doesn't happen to us.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. and if, well, and if we fee, look right? down
2: on those people, yeah, then I'm fine. I'm right. safe. It's going to be okay for me.
1: Mm-hmm. I think we're, the um, repentance. Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, just, just our like our connectedness to people. Mm-hmm. Like we, we are connected to all of those people. And so we do have, we do have a call to recognize the humanity in them. Um, so I'm, I'm, my point is about the fruitless fig tree um, from verses 6 to 9. Um, and this, this parable that Jesus tells is reminiscent of uh, two stories that we find in the Old Testament. Uh, one is from Micah, where um, there's a frustrated harvester who finds no figs or grapes in his vineyard that he's overseen. And then another is from Isaiah um, that also depicts a failure of a well-tended vineyard, and so it doesn't produce fruit. And I think the twist here is that um, there's like divine intervention. So here we have three years in which a fig tree hasn't been productive. And the logical course of action is to get rid of the fig tree because it's being unproductive. Um, but instead of that, this person decides to nourish it, to really take care of it, to give it extravagant, um, Manure, which it sh- it shouldn't need, um, but to really give that extra tender love and care, and I think that that's really indicative of the mercy that God gives us, and the notion that we, as people, might sometimes struggle to be. We might struggle to be productive people in our society, but that doesn't mean that we're a lost cause. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that we go through periods in which we might be unproductive, but God is always tending to us and giving that grace and giving us that forgiveness and giving us that opportunity to take his nutrients and take the stuff that he's giving us so that we can change our lives and be more productive and do things in our world. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and Jesus, so the the amazing, the great thing is that Jesus goes a step further with this story. So this story is; these two stories are read together because Jesus is using the second one as a teaching tool for to expand on his answers in the first part. So right. he's saying not only not only does do people's actions either however we want to describe them as good or bad. Not only does God not punish people for their actions, but God will put more re- resources into the people we think should be punished, right. like the people right. that we think or should just don't be uprooted. deserve. Right. The yeah. fig tree that doesn't bear any fruit logically shouldn't just tear it out and put a new fig tree in. Right. But not so not only but that's the theology that they're they're going at with the suffering thing. Gosh,
1: yeah. So not Ooh.
0: only does God not uproot people that have caused suffering and hurt other people or have sinned in some way, but God puts more energy and resources into the people the exact people that we would say, well, if I was God, I just would I'd cut the ties and and go. Well, you're not so. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's really a powerful story in the face of our capitalist culture, where your worth is directly tied to your productivity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, shout and out Jesus to Jesus. Is
0: always directly against cutting off. Yeah, you know, and and cutting off of relationship and cutting off of resources and is much more about redistributing resources. Where mm-hmm. in a in a capitalistic sense, it would make no sense to Oops. put them where, where he wants them to go, but in the kingdom of God economy it makes sense to redistribute them.
1: Even like death which we mm-hmm. think is the ultimate severance between us and something else. He's like <laughs> nope.
0: Right, exactly.
1: He's against that.
0: Okay, so we have three points. Um, first point was mine and uh, just about how this story brought up um, the events that happened in Christchurch, uh, New Zealand, this past week, and the ways that we are all called to reassess how we are uh, implicated in the cultures and the and the systems of oppression that function around the world and in our society. Number two was uh, Maya's, and Maya's was about. Um, recognizing our common humanity and not being able to write off um, people that we think are sinners and recognizing our, our complicity and our own, whether it be addictions or dependencies and all those things that are present in people we would like to pretend don't exist are actually present in ourselves as well. And then number three was Jackie's and about God's abundance in constantly putting resources um, and investing in us, in a way. Putting um, loving and abundant resources into our lives, counterculturally to how we would think uh, we would invest our own resources. So, having heard that discussion, Jackie is going to read the Gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new this time through.
2: At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than the other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those eighteen who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year, until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. We'll be back in your feed next week on Sunday, March 31st. Make sure to go check out all those Faith to Go resources at www.myfaithtogo.org. Make sure to send us any of your faith questions, uh, any stories of your faith discussions, or any comments you have about uh, smooth, crunchy peanut butter or... Uh, marshmallow fluff. Uh, you can do that through Instagram at faith2go where you can follow us and we post every week. You can contact us through our website uh, or you can email us directly faith to go at org. Make sure to go rate and review this podcast uh, to help other people find it and share the podcast with a friend. Maybe that would be a fun thing to do this week. Yeah. So it'll, It would help in your faith discussions Then you can talk about it again. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in and until next week, we say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.